The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to my last show of 2020, and I will have the honor and privilege of uh, having Maître Linda Hammerschmidt join me tonight, and she will be here to answer all of your uh, legal questions, excuse me, legal questions regarding family law. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. You can always send me your emails to laurie at drlaurie.com. Something's in my throat. I can feel it. All right. I want to share this from the Passion Poets. So a lot of uh, messages have come in, for, you know, well wishes from the Passion community and such. One was Maître Linda H. was in fine form last month. I'm sure she'll be in fine form again. Uh, and yes, thanks for your being here this year, especially Dr. Lori. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, Passion Poet writes, I write this speaking for the entire Passion community. Hope it gets more attention than the naughty poem. Most of all, I hope you like it. So I'll share it with you. It has been a difficult 2020, lots of pain and too many tears, the separation of loved ones, some facing their deepest fears. Despite all the difficulty, there is a voice in the night, a voice of hope and love for many a guiding light. Touching so many lives from PEI to Victoria, BC, broadcasting from her home, listened to Down Under in Sydney. So many interesting shows, enlightening, a different perspective, never a negative comment, always understanding and respective. 22 years on the radio, 22 years of advice and compassion, always giving us new ways to live our lives with passion. You don't have to believe, I'm like blushing reading this, but anyway, you don't have to believe in angels or even religion for what it's worth. Not all angels are there in heaven. There's at least one down here on earth. Okay, that's a bit much, but okay. May we all thank you, Dr. Lori, for everything you have done and for everything you will do in the year 2021. May health and happiness be with you as we look forward to a better year. We all raise a glass and toast you with a resounding applause and cheer. That's very, very um, sweet. Thank you so much. Another texter. Hi, Dr. I wish you a Merry Natala and all the best for 2021. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're all very sweet. Uh, good morning. Twas the night before Christmas. We laughed again at the poem and here it is Christmas Eve. This is in us, our Australian listeners. Uh, it is a half day at work, so we will miss your show. And, but the lunch with Lori gang want, want to, with you and all the listeners everywhere, want to wish you and all the listeners everywhere a happy Christmas and a very happy new year. So that's from our our listeners down under. Thank you so much. Uh, Good morning, Dr. Lori. My wife and I want to wish you a happy holiday. I started listening to your show, driving my truck in the evening and messaged you about my relationship with my wife a few times. I can honestly say your advice and comments have made our relationship a better one. We listen to your show together and we are probably the biggest fans of the Baby Boomer show, and Monday's show was the best of 2020. My wife is a big fan of yours uh, and a big fan of the Passion Poet, and the Night Before Christmas poem made us laugh every time you read it. Thank you for being Dr. Laurie, and have a safe and healthy vacation, and best to you and yours in 2021 from Raymond. Thank you all 
very, very, very um, sweet messages. Uh, so if you have questions, uh, I suggest, if you have questions for Maître Linda, I suggest you get them in early. Last month, we um, we ran out of time, actually, because we had too many questions. So I saved those questions to uh, give to her uh, this month. But I, I don't want you to miss a chance to... Uh, to get those answered, especially now it's a difficult time for a lot of people. And now we're talking vaccinations and when you have two households and what happens if one parent wants, one parent doesn't want, how do you, who gets to decide? Like there's so many questions that may come up uh, regarding this, that I think it's timely to have Maître Linda uh, on the program with us. All right. Uh, here's a question. I've been divorced for almost three years now. I have been in a new relationship for three months, an old friend I dated only several times. We had to go off to different colleges and lost touch. We recently became sexually active. I'm thoroughly enjoying intimacy with my new partner, but he seems to have difficulty climaxing inside of me. He has come during intercourse, maybe two times. I am worried that after three vaginal births, I'm not as tight as I'd like to be. We have discussed this since we are very close and open with each other. He says I'm just perfect for him. His ex-wife cheated on him while he was deployed in Afghanistan, and I'm wondering if that is the issue or if it's me. (coughs) If he's telling you it's not you, then it's not you. Take him for his word. It's uh, very possible that the relationship is only three months old, which means he may need a bit more time to feel safe and to, to, to build trust in this relationship. I don't think he has reason to lie uh, about this. When it comes to vaginas, vaginas are quite elastic and pretty good at bouncing back after childbirth. I mean, yes, some women do feel a little bit loose down there, but if he says it feels good to him, then please believe him. Um, there could be a few things going on. Again, it could be this new, the new relationship. Maybe he needs time, like I said, to feel uh, completely safe, especially if his ex cheated on him, which to me indicates there's, you know, he might have developed some trust issues due to the, betra- the the trauma of betrayal. So that's a possibility there. It's possible too that he got used to one form of stimulation like masturbation. So maybe he just needs time to adjust to another uh, form of stimulation. I think that the more pressure he feels to ejaculate, the less likely it is it's going to happen. So I think it's important for you not making a big deal about it is really um, important. Remember, some men also have their preferences to what feels the best to them, just like women do. Uh, So it's possible maybe that he can only orgasm with oral sex and maybe not usually with intercourse. It all depends. Every man is, um, is different. I'm wanting to talk to my wife about starting like camming on a site. So that's like a a camera, like uh, cam girls, if you've heard of that, and maybe uploading our own movies, but not sure how to go about it. Any advice? So unless your wife has expressed an interest in doing this, I would not recommend that you pressure her into 
into this or, or, or just, you know, talking about this unless she's the one who expressed interest, but open the conversation, maybe asking a general question. Hey, did you hear about that sex tape? So-and-so couple made, or what do you think about couples who make their own movies or, or something to that effect to, uh, to gauge her interest? And does she want it out in, in once it gets launched in the, in, in, in the world on the internet, it's there for good. Is this something she would be uh, comfortable? Like you, you want to find out how she feels about this. You certainly absolutely don't want to do this uh, without her entire enthusiastic uh, consent. So if her response is negative to the, to the general questions that you ask her, then please don't suggest that you and her should make a sex tape. Um, and much less telling her how about go in front of a webcam and 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 do it for others unless it's something that she wants to do consent very very important in situations like that and you've got to talk about the ramifications uh of of putting yourself yourselves out there as a um sex tape This is Passion on CJD 800. This is our last show of 2020. And how lucky are we to be spending it with Maître Linda Hammerschmidt. Hello, Linda. Hello, Lori. <laughs> we kept you up. I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's been twice, waiting for but you. But here I am. <laughs> I fell asleep twice. That's funny. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. once was at 4.30. <laughs> well, that's when you should have stayed asleep for a bit and then taken a good nap. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm a babysitting a puppy, so that's not kind of, that's contraindicated. No, that's like having a baby, a puppy. Absolutely. It is having a baby. <laughs> yeah, you are right. All right, we had some leftover questions, and I want to, our listeners uh, here to uh, get the opportunity to also uh, text in or call in if you'd like. Text at 514-800, calling at 514-790-0800. So some leftover from last time that I said I, we would get to first. Uh, here's one. Our family home was left in my mother's will to be divided between my brother and I. My mother is still alive, but my brother has passed away and the will has not been amended. If I inherit the house... Am I responsible for my mother's credit card or other debts? You can't accept a succession assets and not the debt. So the person will have to decide whether it's the debts outweigh the asset value. Right. And decide accordingly. Plus, I don't know if the brother had any children. Depends on how the will is written. Uh, uh, so long as it specifies that it's without representation, then his portion, uh, if being deceased, wouldn't pass to his heirs. Okay, so unless it's if it otherwise, it would pass to his heirs, his kids. Yes, because it, right. if it was to him, and then uh, he has children, or he's, a, mm -hmm. he's a, the money goes that way anyway. So. If the mother's still alive and competent, perhaps just fixing up the will uh, would be uh, a good thing Enough. to do. But if not, it's not completely critical, depending on how it's worded, as I said. Okay. And uh, should figure out uh, what the value of the credit card debt is versus <laughs> the net the value of the house. The house. Right. 
Exactly. Okay. Remembering to take into consideration that the, the house will have, if she sells it, the commission and uh, mm. so on and so forth. So. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, here's another question. I don't know if you can actually answer this, but is there a way to get youth protection out of my life and my family's life? <laughs> uh, is this something you've heard before? <laughs> because my experience with them, God bless their souls, is uh, always that uh, they're there when you don't need them and they're not there when you do need them. So sometimes I don't know about how to get them out of their lives. Depends on if the uh, the signalement, the complaint is still an active, if uh, the issue's been resolved, if it keeps coming back. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a hard question to answer without knowing all the details. Right. And I mean, how long has it been? You know, usually it's at least a year that between the time that the social worker gets involved and does the uh, meets everybody, and if there's a hearing and so on and so forth. So, right, it can be a long process. Yeah. Now, right. if, but if the issue that was the root of the opening of the file persists. Then, then there's no reason that they're going to close it necessarily. Right. I mean, they are in the business of protecting children. Allegedly. Regardless. Yeah, right. Exactly. Regardless of how it all turns out, that is their. uh, That is why they're there. Yeah. Listen, I I actually, you know, I, I worked as my very, very first job, my very, very first career was as a social worker in youth protection. And so, yet I still like you. And you still like me. And I can't tell you how many times I had to go to court and be there and represent, be with the kids and, and what have you. And the last thing we wanted to do was take kids away from families. You know, that was the very last thing. But we had to be able to protect them and make and feel that they were in a safe environment. Well, and, and it's not an easy it, job. Oh, no, I'm sure it isn't for those who wish to do it well. But uh, the problem I've always found is, first of all, these reports and everything that are being generated usually are are not given out to the parents or the parents' lawyers until the morning thereof. I mean, mm. talk about lack of preparation. Don't catch people by surprise. They go and amend the civil code of procedures so that in regular cases, uh, lawyers aren't taking the other side by surprise, and yet that's all that ever seems to happen there. Really? And the other thing that I find odd is when they have to name a, a an attorney for the child in a, in a case, it's, it's like a click. And, you know, is it's it? a so-and-so mm-hmm. represents this kid, and then the next file will be representing another. It's, it, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's not an easy place to be on either side. I'm not the, saying uh, that there are a lot of people there that are doing good work and et cetera, but I find that uh, there's a beauty, but there's also the system doesn't work that well. And, and this person, right. Right. And this person writes in, uh, I realize that this doesn't fall into the category of family law, but I would like to express my complete lack of confidence in the system after two recent high profile sex abuse cases. What confounds me is these are serial offenders. Does Metro Linda have an opinion? And again, we can talk about the system. I but, always uh, have opinions. Doesn't mean anybody's <laughs> going to listen to them. Well, you know, this person I wants to listen. <laughs> I don't know which high-profile cases they're talking about because 
One, if it's in the news, you're not getting the names and you're not getting all the facts. True. Uh, if you're talking about, uh, like, Roson, that has nothing to do with youth court, per se, and uh, who was acquitted, I understand, recently, you know. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there are abuses in any system anywhere, and uh, it, what do they say about it? Uh, democracy is a terrible system except for all the others, so you can say <laughs> the same thing for, you know, it is what it is, and it does help sometimes, and unfortunately, the, the root cause it's of not- all of this <laughs> are the people that get together that have the children in the first place. Right. Uh, this, uh, I like and this texture. And we texter. all know how I feel about that. Yeah, we do. We do, Maitre Linda Hammerschmidt. She is here to answer your questions and to entertain you clearly. 514-800 to text in. This person writes, youth protection saved me from my parents. There are always two sides. Oh, and I'm three so sides. happy. Or three sides. Yeah, I'm so happy that this person wrote in because that's uh, for some people. Absolutely, they um, we can't look at them. They're trying to to save. They're in the business of saving children. They're not in the business of trying to break up families. That's not their goal. Uh, no, but when it, when it's necessary, it's necessary. The the other issue is that nine times out of ten, you only hear about the people who didn't like it. Right, exactly. It's rare that, you, you know, people that were happy with the system get on a radio show or writing and go, oh, I really enjoyed my time at youth court. <laughs> right. You know, what's Next interesting is that thir- 20, 20 to 30 years after I was in uh, in youth protection and, you know, I was younger and whatever, you don't know what impact you have. But many years later, through once Facebook came out, I had two clients that were kids when I saw them reach out to me to tell me how it did save them. So, which is nice. Yeah. Sometimes those are the ones that, you know, remember the most and that mean the most to you. Yeah. So you can't uh, save everybody, but man, we try. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So one of the things I wanted to touch on with you now that vaccinations are coming to light and we're going to be, I don't know when we're going to be vaccinated, but I'm assuming children at some point will get vaccinated. What happens when you've got two parents, one who believes in vaccine, like who wants to vaccinate their child and the other one who says, I don't believe in this. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Oh, you want me to answer that question? Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> like everything else between parents who are, I can't agree on anything is if they can't, then they got to go to court. And get somebody else to rule about the life of their child. That's going to be, imagine, oh, geez. Well, well, how else do you want, you you know? No, you're right. I I just don't know how else to resolve this. Somebody's going to pretend that they're the uh, 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 sole parent and run and go, yes, and give, you know, give my kid a shot. See, the other one's going to run in the door and grab the kids and say, no, don't give the kid a shot and run out the door to the parking lot. So it's like the only people that can decide there is a courtroom, unfortunately. Because, again, I come back to my underlying principle that people who haven't figured out what they actually want to do with children before they get married and have them are these people. Yes, but in a situation like that... It's not the Listen, kind of conversation you have. Everybody knows before they had the children at that time, at least their viewpoint on 
vaccinations. It's not because they woke up one morning and listened to Gwyneth Paltrow that they decided they were <laughs> contra vaccination. So Do you want, uh, I I can't imagine we'd even have that conversation unless there was an issue like like for example right now maybe new parents are now having the conversation because of these vaccinations or maybe they you know I, I guess the other vaccinations but, 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 too. Sorry, when I was a kid there were vaccinations not for obviously COVID but there were vaccinations there was polio vaccination there was right. you know all sorts of other vaccinations like 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 with dogs. They have to have a certificate that says they're vaccinated to go to school, to go to right. the park. And uh, just one second. Is there a commercial coming up? Uh, in a minute and a half. Hold go on. ahead. <laughs> Are you coughing? Your gut's out somewhere? <laughs> oh, it's the puppy. I'm sure no, it's, it's the, the puppy. puppy eating I a, a ribbon around the teddy bear's neck. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. At least it's not a baby crying. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, uh, all these things are talkable before. What school do you want to go to? Uh, One's Catholic and one's Protestant. One's Jewish and one's, uh, you know, Muslim. Who knows? Uh, And they're madly in love and they're going to get married. And then the kids come and go, no, I want the child to go to a Jewish school. No, I want the kid to go to a private Catholic school. No, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you talk about it before? It's too late right. now. You got the kid. Well, so the I guess other, he... the only other recourse is they're going to get divorced, and they're still going to have the same fight regardless because they they couldn't get along with the decision making process while they were together and supposedly in love. It's never going to happen when they're getting divorced. So again, it will be That's some judge true. that you don't know down the road that'll make that decision for you because you were too lazy to have the talk beforehand. Yeah. Uh, okay. Aren't you Thank sorry you. I woke up? Thank you for that. Ra- I, I was saying, I, I thought you were sleepy. This does not so- sound like sleepy Linda. That's for sure. <laughs> that's what um, happened. Now I, I won't know. be able to go to sleep after. <laughs> Second win. Metro Linda Hammerschmidt here to answer your family law questions. 514-800- A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Relationships and the law tonight with Maître Linda Hammerschmidt, a family law attorney who answers your questions at 514-800, or you can certainly call in at 514-790-0800. Before we talk about the federal child support guidelines, a couple of texts here. Uh, Hi, guys. I've texted a couple of times to the show. I've been in a custody battle for my four-year-old son with a crazed French national mother for four years. Recently, I had to get the police and youth protection involved due to two years of consistent bruising on my son's arms. Social worker shows up to my place reeking of cigarettes and booze. I had to ask her to leave. The idiot closed the file when I had overwhelming evidence. God help our children. How frustrating for uh, a dad. Absolutely. But <clears throat> there, you know, mm. I, I've, I've seen certain cases where, uh, you know, people come to the courthouse like anywhere else with their own prejudices and viewpoints. So that's why it's so important for people who want to create a family unit to figure out what it is and where they're going before they do it. 
yes, prevention, of course. And, and, uh, you know, hindsight is always 2020, but what, when people are in it, <laughs> that's when they're, they worry. I, I get the prevention part. And yes, we can keep saying that and new, new people can like newly married or before thinking about marriage can start talking about that, but we still have to help all the ones who are, you know, in it uh, right well, now. I've been doing this for 38 years. So most of the people <laughs> have gotten married since then that are living today. And yet, uh, yet, and yet, and yet, <laughs> nobody's nobody listening. The paper listens to the radio, picks up a television report. So I don't know. You, you talk to people, <laughs> they complain that the system is broken, but they don't learn from everything that's up. So you know, it's very frustrating. Also, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that are in it. <clears throat> right, and, and also there's there's a lot of feelings of helplessness and even when you do everything, even when you have, and we've talked about this overwhelming evidence, when you think you've got the best case, it can still not go your way. Absolutely. And people That's, don't understand ugh. that, you know, they're used to seeing cases resolved in an hour on TV that usually come out well for the, uh, the star of the show. And uh, that's not the way life works. Yeah. As one person echoes your thoughts in today's complicated world, more important than ever, that would be parents be communicative and negotiable about their deferring opinions on the multitude of child related matters out there. Uh, another one says it's not the parents. It's usually the grandparents who are usually the smoking gun when it comes to kids, religion, schooling, etc. starts with birth with the birth of a child and selecting a name. I suppose that for some people, the grandparents uh, play a big role. Uh, speaking of grandparents, how how often do you get cases of grandparents demanding certain rights? Luckily, not a lot. So what are the rights of grandparents, by the way? Well, the rights of grandparents are to have a positive relationship with their grandchildren However, one has to take into consideration that if it's your own child denying you access to your grandchild, then one right. has to wonder what, what went wrong there. And, uh, uh, and if it's not, uh, and the, the couple is separated, and you're the parents of whoever has the child for either a custodial parent or an access parent, the kid can't be split that many ways you know it's like tuesday you're with grandma can you imagine and if the grandparents were divorced oh my goodness <laughs> and they're reconstructed <laughs> family units like like uh, the child's like you know there's only so much time in a month and the right. parents should have priority over the grandparents that's just my point of view and obviously normally in regular relationships you bring your child to see your own parent, right. the grandparent of your child, and right. uh, the ex access parent does the same thing. Uh, and if you have to throw in more access time for grandparents on both sides for whatever reason, the poor kid, <laughs> I pity these poor children. Right. Absolutely. But I knew of a situation where there was, um, an est estrangement of the child, the daughter to the parents and the daughter did not want to, uh, did not want her parents to have access to her kids because she felt they were toxic or whatever it was. And the parents were 
her parents were trying to fight in court. Oh, yeah. That's a, get... Anytime there's a fight, if you can't resolve it, the only recourse is to go to court. And that's not necessarily guarantee that you're going to get what you want. Yeah. And you're only going to make the person that didn't want you to have access to the child more re- yeah. resolute in, in their uh, wish to keep you away from the child. It's a nightmare. Right. A texter writes in, I'm sorry, Perry Mason has gone to court hundreds of times and only lost one case all under an hour. <laughs> yes, exactly. But that was criminal law. <laughs> uh, okay. Question here. Who gets to decide if the kid has a circumcision or not, similar to a vaccine? Not really, but someone has to decide. But who? Well, the parents, hopefully, will make that decision together. And if not, well, there sounds like they're on the road to <laughs> to divorce. divorce. In which exactly. case, we're back in court with a judge deciding. <laughs> now the child's like what ten? And <laughs> you know, imagine if a, the parents have to go and the the baby is born and they're fighting over circumcision and they're already in court at the beginning of their relation. I cannot see a good ending for this. Well, well, the person that uh, texted in just before that said <clears throat> they've been in court youth court for four years and, and the, the child four, is four yeah <laughs> do the math so yeah very sad very very sad um birth control said- people birth control <laughs> birth control yeah somebody else wrote that get a, birth get control. a dog get a dog <sighs> Uh, okay, so the I, I read this document by the government of Quebec, uh, Canada, I mean, and it's really good. It's uh, really comprehensive. I don't know how you feel about it. It's the Federal Child Support Guidelines. It's a step-by-step guide. Uh, I guess a lot of people have questions about, um, you know, how much are they supposed to give and how much are you going to get? And, and so how okay, helpful... Before you run around talking about the Federal Support guidelines yes dear that is only in the case where the payor and the payee live in two different provinces oh okay Okay. has nothing to do with people who are both domiciled in quebec in quebec or both domiciled in ontario and so on and so forth because we have our own set of rules called the Ah. child support determination excuse me form and uh with a different set of uh, criteria so each province is, is same, different, but, but okay. the numbers aren't. <clears throat> okay. So, why not? Why, why know, isn't and, it? And if the people are not living in the same province, it's the, uh, uh the federal tables ha- uh, are by province in the sense that the numbers are calculated based on supposedly, I guess, takes into consideration the different costs of living in different provinces, et cetera. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. And, and, and if, the ta- you p- choose the table of wherever the payor lives to see someone getting dinged for however the taxes are. Okay. All right. Well, is so there's a guide on the Quebec side that can help you calculate that if you want to calculate it on your own? Yes. Okay. All right. Wait. Just go to the <laughs> government websites if you're living in different provinces or if you're in Quebec, it's the federal the uh, provincial uh, website and then you but of course you have to agree right but i mean again it's a calculation where you both have to come to an agreement but we could talk about that a little bit more and uh, more questions for metro linda hammerschmidt at 514-800-
From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Metro Linda Hammerschmidt joins us uh, like she does every month. This is our last Passion of 2020. Aren't we lucky to be together tonight? Although I wish we could be in person as we've always celebrated together. Someday that might happen again, huh? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, this time next year maybe we'll be oh, together, yeah. together again. Exactly. Uh, all right. Here's a couple of questions for you. Is there a difference in judgment when it comes to kids, when it comes to a male, female judge, be honest, two very different mindsets. This person writes, have well, you noticed? All, when have I never not been honest? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Painfully. So sometimes, <laughs> of course, I'm sure there is a mindset, but it doesn't mean what you might think is that women judges uh, favor women clients and vice versa men are mm-hmm. for men because you can find some women judges that hate women just like at a customs when when you get a cu- female customs agent right right They're usually well, more rigorous than you know the male guys to a female anyway but have you and the, and with the judges so. okay mm-hmm. have you noticed yourself a, a difference in a gender difference with I mean, I don't I know. In, in all these years, judges who are biased against, you know, <clears throat> one one side or another, over the course of the last thirty-eight years, yes. Right, but you couldn't say it was male or female; like it wasn't consistent in one or the other. It's not so much consistent in one or the other, but the people that are biased are consistent. <laughs> Right. They, if you get that person, they will be yeah. biased. So it depends on the judge you get. And you have often said that it's not the case you bring. Sometimes it's the judge you get. Yeah. Or all, all the time. All the my clients just never know. Well, let's go to court. Yeah, you never know. You're right. paying a lot of money to, you know, you might, it's better to go to the casino and have more fun. <laughs> you can drink. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Oh, this here's a. At the moment, but you know. <laughs> eventually. Uh, do you get to stop paying alimony if the other person gets married? Depends on to whom they're getting married. If you had a consent and how it's written, uh, if, uh, the obligations, for example, if one, uh, person who's getting alimony marries somebody who's paying alimony and child support and left with next to nothing in his pocket, doesn't mean uh, that the uh, the the ex-wife, ex-husband is going to be off the hook either. And if alimony or child support depends, you know, because child support's never going to finish until the children are self-sufficient right. and independent, as opposed to alimony. So, right, right, right. So it's still that's, de- that's what frustrates people the most in family law is there are no clear-cut answers mm. to anything. Right. Right. First of all, there's this uh, exception and that loophole, and then it's uh, who's judging the case, and and uh, all sorts of. And then you know, clients may be able to tell you great stories in your office, and not be good at testifying. Right. Which obviously huh. impacts on the credibility and appreciation the judge lends to the testimony. So you know. I find that interesting, though, about the uh, paying alimony if the other person gets married. So it really is dependent on the other person's income, that who you're marrying. So if you're yeah, marrying well, some rich... 
the, the, the ex-wife falls in love with somebody who's on welfare. <laughs> Don't assume right. you get off the hook. Right. Huh. So the, the, you would have to, I guess, go to court and they would have to prove, the other side would have to prove that this is their family income now. Yes, and that it's okay. uh, more than sufficient to, to uh, uh, cover the needs of the person that was being uh, paid alimony. Right. Uh, here's a question. I find this one interesting. Is there a law to protect the child from being bust back and forth from one parent to another? I'm not sure what they mean by bust. Mean being bust. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, maybe the is person that, is can. Is that just a, a way of phrasing being shuffled back and forth between the two households, or actually that there's a bus? I'm assuming that there's an actual bus. Well, let's just, where the bus let, is going, and well, uh, let's you know, say I don't where the judge has said there's nothing wrong with the kid taking a train to Ottawa. So the kids can go to train to Ottawa. They certainly can take a bus to I don't know, Dorion or Hunzik mm-hmm. or wherever. I guess it depends on the uh, the, the age of the, of the child, kid, you know, and the maturity of the child. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, uh, a lot there. All right, is there anything else you want to talk about in 2020 that you think uh, you know? Well, you wanted listeners... to talk about the Quebec child support. Oh yeah, right. Go, go ahead, go ahead. What, what can you say more? <laughs> <laughs> well, first Please. of all, if you, if you Google or whatever your research uh, search engine is, child support calculator Quebec. They have, as the federal does, a, a little input thing where that's uh, how much uh, the parents earn and how many kids there are, and it'll give you an idea mm. of what the support is. Doesn't mean that that's going to be it. And the other thing that people have to remember, uh, certainly in this province and for provincial issues, is that there's a percentage, uh, the percentage uh, differential between one parent's income and the other is what's used to decide how the special expenses are paid, i.e. Right. Uh, pr- private school orthodontry, uh, horseback Camp, riding lessons, right. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if one person's earning 80% of the combined income and uh, the other's 20, then uh, somebody's supposed to pay 80% of the school and 20% of the school. You know? Right. So there's always those extraordinary uh, expenses that have to be considered. And every Always. case is different, right? And every yeah. uh, some, <clears throat> you know, there's a myriad of cases on what is a special expense. You know, some people have tried to <clears throat> argue that it, school uniforms or special things are a special expense, and uh, and courts, you know, will say yes, and some courts will say no. Or, you know, it's all included in something, and the parent uh, is getting a support. And, you deal with the uniforms or whatever. So, hmm. bottom line: avoid court if you can. Linda no, said it line, enough don't, times. Don't, <laughs> don't get divorced. Yeah, <laughs> and don't get married. Or don't get married in Quebec well, at this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, with that in mind, what's the difference between a, let's say a cohabitation agreement. So a couple living together that doesn't necessarily want to get married, a cohabitation agreement and a marriage. What is the difference between those two besides the religious factor, right? If people get married religiously. Yeah. Well, obviously if you're cohabiting and you have an agreement, that's just 
<clears throat> setting down the rules of uh, demerger, shall we say. Uh, but but people can walk because there's nothing binding them together except their their free will. They're mm-hmm. not bound legally because they're not married. And if they didn't do a civil union also, so they don't have any, in a sense, formalities to go through. And if they've thought, uh, taken the time and, and thoughtfulness to write down how they would like to foresee a potential split down the road, then at least they're uh, ahead of the eight ball. Right. When it comes time to invariably split 50% of you. Right. Uh, so here's, a, I don't know if this is a tax question or if you can even answer this. When you're married and live together, should you declare the kids under one parent only? I don't even know if you have, would have the answer to that. Well, it's usually the lowest, uh, <clears throat> the highest the lowest earner. Of okay. the earner that's going to want to declare while you're married and happily living together uh, because that lowers the taxes. Uh, when you get divorced, that becomes a whole other situation because the custodial parent's the one that's going to, you know, and get the family allowance through the child support benefits from the government. And uh, so the what in a divorce, Linda, the parent who is who gets the child uh, allowances is the one who declares them on their income tax. No, is the one that actually has custody of the children because okay, <clears throat> depending on the split of time, uh, or if uh, that. And after the custody is arranged at one point or another, and then it changes, that person who now has the children can apply to the government to say, hey, now send me the check. So what if it's 50-50? Well, then they can, you know, if let's say there's, they can, they can agree to, to split it. If there's two children, one can take one, one can take the other. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Makes sense. Uh, last text. Uh, actually, somebody says, can you write something on paper and sign it each? So making an agreement that you each sign. But that yeah, is that. But, but please make it detailed. Just don't say if we split, I keep my stuff and you keep your stuff. It's not really fair. <laughs> okay. So you detail it. Down the road. Yeah. All right. So that's still good. All right. Go it. But yes, just like a will, you don't need to have a lawyer to make a... Uh, cohabitation contract. Uh, so just to be clear, is it the lowest income maker or the highest one that declares the children? I think you said the highest well, one. They're the highest one because they're paying the most taxes. Right. So you want to reduce their taxes. And then one last uh, text. Thanks again to Maître Linda for telling it like it is with wit and humor and directness combined. What a great well, way to end the year. <laughs> well, thank you. I wish everybody out there a healthy 2021. And uh, hopefully you'll contemplate uh, being cooperative if you're already being separated and divorced for the sake of your children. And if That's you're right. not yet, married well think about it twice right exactly linda we'll see you in january all the best take care care, Uh, thank all right thank you thank you all for uh listening and thank you for a great year uh, at least radio year i know it hasn't been great for you know everything else going around but we've kept going and so i thank you for being here with me Thank you to our whole technical uh, team, and tonight in particular, Nicole Proano. Appreciate, uh, very much appreciate your work. 
You can contact me through my website, drlaurie.com, where you can find all the past podcasts. Next up, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Have a wonderful, peaceful, healthy, safe holiday. And remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>